Good afternoon, gods and goddesses around the world. Uh, on this day before, well, it's the 31st of December here, so it's New Year's Eve in a few hours. It's five in the afternoon. The Good Wife, oh, this is Adam Piggott, uh, Pushing Rubber Podcast, uh, coming to you live from Melbourne. Well, live, it's not live. What am I saying? Coming to you from Melbourne um, in Australia. Um, if you didn't know where Melbourne was. If you don't know where Australia is, uh, well, sucks to be you. Um, and the good wife and I are off uh, to our local favourite bar where we have, which has also got does amazing food, the Smith. Um, and we have a spot right up on the bar there in front of where the chefs uh, prepare all the food. So I love sitting there because you get to uh, watch them preparing all the food and wonder who's ordered what. And also, though, you get to uh, uh, watch people slaving their guts out in a really hot kitchen while you're sitting there uh, eating fine food and drinking lovely wine. It, it's, I don't know, it just makes it more pleasurable somehow knowing that you're not on the other side of the counter. Uh, and, and also knowing that, that we're sitting there having a great time right in front of their face, observing them. Um, I, I don't know what that'd do. I mean, I come when I when I ran restaurants when I worked in restaurants, um, the the kitchens were always closed. There wasn't such a thing as an open kitchen, and I think the the whole idea of an open kitchen, uh, while great um, for the customers in some aspects, for voyeurs and wankers like me, um, it's not. I don't think it's that great for the chefs. If I was going to run a kitchen again, a restaurant again, I would like, no, no, we're not going to do the. Uh, open kitchen shit uh so we're off there tonight uh, and it'll be especially good because the smith's closing down for three or four months after this evening so this is the last night for three or four months while they renovate so uh, and we know the owner of the smith so i think it's going to be a good party night so we can have a bit of fun um the wife and i have had a guest around today um, because we're going away for three weeks we're going to be in europe it was a last minute decision um but a oh, I just had a big beep happen. Was then what was that? Um, we just had um, a uh, an offer come through from a hotel in Europe that we've stayed at before, and it's in a ski resort. And and they were like, "Well, we've got this really quiet period in January." And so here's this really good offer, and the good wife and I looked at this. And went, yeah, that is, that is a really good offer. It's a great offer. Uh, we've got an amazing room. It's got a fireplace in the room. Uh, this is up in the mountains, in the Alps. Fireplace in the room. Uh, the last time we stayed at this place, our room had a sauna. We had a private sauna in, in, in the room. Uh, I don't know if this, this particular suite does, but it's, it, it might be the same room, I'm not sure. Um, and it's looking out over the Dolomites. Uh, and great little town, uh, great ski resort, and some great restaurants. And also, the, these uh, this uh, this hotel has a Michelin restaurant, and included in the offer is a five course dinner every night in their restaurant. It's all included in the price. They're throwing in seven day ski pass, uh, full access to all of their amenities, and you name it. Uh, and it's a very small boutique hotel. It's not like one of these. I'm a real I'm a real stickler for hotels. You, you've, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend money in a hotel, I, I, I have 
I have certain fundamental rules that must be followed uh, when booking a hotel. Um, firstly, my wife and I don't have any children, so it's any type of resort is out of the question. Uh, any type of family resort is obviously out of the question. Um, preferences are given to hotels that that ban children outright. Anyone under the age of 14 is just not allowed there. Um, so preference is given to those types of hotels. Uh, we, we don't want screaming kids under... I mean, if you've I've been on holidays before where there's this beautiful, immaculate pool and you're like, and you see it in the photos, it's like in Thailand or something, you're like, oh my God, and there's a bar at the end, you can swim up to the bar, blah, blah, blah. And then you get there and it's full of screaming kids. Yeah, no, no, that's not, that's good. So it, it, it can't be any of these family resorts type of thing. Um, the, the, the smaller the number of rooms, the better. I, I think the best hotel we ever stayed in was in Lombok in Indonesia. And Lombok is an island just off Bali. And we stayed in this hotel, this boutique hotel. The hotel had nine rooms, all with views of the ocean, and they had 40 staff. So 40 staff for nine rooms. What this means is you're gonna get a really good level of service because the staff aren't run off their feet. Um, you, you can stay in a hotel and, and you get up and you, you might you go to breakfast and you go down to the beach or the pool or you do whatever you want to do. And you, maybe you come back to your room just before lunch and the beds, everything still hasn't been made. The room hasn't been done. And you go to lunch or you go out and you do whatever and you come back at three in the afternoon, it still hasn't been done. And it's not because the staff couldn't be bothered to get around to it. It's because they're flat out trying to keep up every day and this particular day you're going to be get to last. The hotel we stayed in Lombok, nine rooms, 40, get, 40 staff members. Um, our room got done twice a day. Twice a day. Right? So it was like, get up, go off, have breakfast, you come back, everything's done immaculate. And you see the immaculate bed, and so it's like, we better have crazy sex right now and destroy everything. <laughs> go to lunch, come back, all redone. <laughs> that, my friends. That, my friends. Is uh, and and it's just like you go on you go on a holidays to a hotel and they have this thing they'll have this thing like oh we we believe in in saving the environment and uh, and so you know if you if only only get us to wash your change your sheets and towels if you really need to because we're trying to save it. bullshit go fuck yourself you're saying that not save the environment you're saying it so you don't have to pay as many staff we don't have as much work to do. Who, who, who are you trying to kid here? Save the environment. We're paying hundreds of dollars a night for a hotel room. You're going to change our sheets by gamut every single day. So we just pile the sheets and towels on the floor. Change everything. Change everything. Don't care. Change it. Just change it every single time for us. So yeah, that hotel in Lombok, 40 staff for nine rooms. It just meant, and you, what that means is, is that the, the place was just eerily calm just ran on like clockwork because it wasn't that they were overstaffed and the staff were wandering around and didn't have anything to do it's just that they could give with that many staff they could give that extra attention to detail and it was just absolutely brilliant so you're looking for a hotel that doesn't have many rooms now 
you'll also want to look for a boutique or a bespoke hotel. Now, hotels these days, they can just call themselves a boutique hotel or a bespoke hotel. And a lot of the time, they're blowing shit up your ass. The easiest way to identify, the easiest way to determine whether a hotel is actually really a bespoke hotel is if um, each room has been individually designed. So every room's different. If you're looking at something like that, uh, that they've actually gone in and designed the rooms. So, okay, this room's facing south, it gets more light, we're gonna do this, so this room's facing north, this is on the angle, we're gonna do this, blah, 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 blah. They've thought about the rooms, all right? They might, and they might give rooms different names. You, they, they might have different floors have different designs or different sides of the building have different d- designs, just depending on, on how, how the, the, the building structure, what it actually is. Okay, that's a, a good marker. It's not a perfect marker, but it's a good starting point um, for a bespoke hotel. Um, if you just got cookie cutter, I mean, like, just take a chain hotel, I don't know, like Hilton or something. That's just all cookie cutter shit. And it's just been plonked in there, plonk, plonk, plonk. And they've just, you know, determined, they've done a massive purchase of beds from the one company. So they got a huge discount and blah, 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 blah. And there's nothing special about that. There's nothing special. Nothing. I don't care if you're on the top floor. It's just, it's nothing special. Um, what else are you looking for in a hotel? Well, what's this hotel got? Let me get up this hotel. I'm not going to say the name of the hotel. Um, I will once I'm there, but I don't want to say it before we go. Um all right, let me get this up here. So this hotel, first of all, it's 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 claiming it's a four-star hotel. It's not claiming it's a five-star hotel. And that's because this hotel does not have uh, a swimming pool because it's up in the mountains. Uh, but it does have a pretty amazing spa, let me tell you. Um, so we go here. And let's have a look. Their actual website is a little bit problematic. Um, So they have 29 rooms over three levels, by the look of it. Uh, Boutique Design Hotel. Let's see what they say here. So Boutique Design, this is what what you're looking for. so I've got a big wellness or wellness center now look this whole wellness center thing I mean wellness the whole idea of wellness I just um, take it as being the biggest wank fest uh, in the history of the world what have they got here? Well, they got an indoor pool, chromotherapy. I don't know what there's. At least it's not chemotherapy. That'd be worrying. Uh, Counter current swimming machine and jacuzzi. Temperature around thirty degrees Celsius. Finished sauna. High temperature, low humidity. So ninety degrees Celsius and twenty percent humidity. A Turkish bath. So high humidity, high temperature. Himalayan salt room. 
Cascades and breaths of dead sea salt water, warm water beds, nestling in an environment enhanced by amber walls of Himalayan salt. Recommended for respiratory and sleep problems. There we go. Emotional and chromotherapy shower. An emotional shower. Ah, well, an ex once, ex girlfriend. She had lots of emotional showers into her, right? Um, ice waterfall shower. Fuck that. Uh, relaxation area. They got a spa. Nude wellness. I wonder how that works. Access to nude wellness is only permitted from 18 years and up. Nice. Um, children may use the pool, indoor pool, until 5 p.m. and then must be accompanied by an adult. And the place is open until 10 at night in the pool. So no kids after five. I like that. And they got here a bit of a, you know, what you do, blah, 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 blah. It's also, this, this hotel's in a beautiful mountain village. Really quite an exclusive village. Um, which is just great to walk around in. Lots of great shops. So look, uh, number of rooms, staff to number of rooms, uh, service. What's um, what's the restaurant like? Now, generally, uh, if you go to a big hotel in any major city in the world, generally, as a general rule, the food is going to be terrible to average. Um, so let's take this out. We're not talking about hotels. We're talking about holiday hotels, so places like in mountain villages in the Alps or on beaches in Lombok or Thailand. Um, the food needs to be great, uh, particularly if you're going to be eating most of your meals there. Um, you also need to find out what the cost of meals and drinks is because you're going to be really careful here. So um, you might find a great offer, let's say, for a hotel in, I don't know, Thailand. I'll just stick with Thailand. Um, or or Indonesia, like Lombok or Bali. Um, and it's just like, oh, there's a great room rate. This is amazing. It's so cheap, blah, blah, blah. And the hotel's in the middle of nowhere and there's nothing around it. So you're essentially trapped, which is great until you start looking at the menu prices and the drink list prices and you're suddenly seeing prices that are as expensive or if not even more expensive than what you'd expect back in Australia or the United States or England or somewhere like that. So you've got to be really careful. Now, a way to do this, obviously, is to download the menus, is to check out the menus on the website. If the menus aren't available, request email, request an email, email them before you book. I want to have a look at your menus, including the price lists. If they won't give it to you, go to the next hotel. And I think like, they won't give it, oh, we have, we're redoing it at the moment, it's not available. If you can't get it, don't book in a hotel because you want to see uh, what it's going to cost you to drink cocktails around the pool you really want because it, it's a holiday you don't want to have to be look if you're going on a holiday which is to reinvigorate yourself recuperate and get back some inspiration in your life if every time you order a drink you're you're doing mental sums in your head of how much this is going to cost you it's very self-defeating for what you're trying to achieve very self-defeating indeed um, so you need to check out these lists. You need to look on this whole TripAdvisor review stuff. Um, uh, a lot of the time, customers are very ignorant. Like I've 
I've been in amazing restaurants and amazing hotels where, and as someone like me who's worked in the industry, who's very experienced with this stuff, I've been absolutely blown away. And then I've had customers who were there when I was there complaining bitterly. And it's just because they're basically ignorant. They're I- ignorant fucks who wouldn't know uh, a good hotel or a restaurant, good restaurant if it slapped them across the face. They really don't. And they don't, and they don't understand uh, what they're paying for. They don't understand what they should be getting for what we're paying for either, um, which can lead to a lot of misunderstandings and that sort of thing. So TripAdvisor reviews, this sort of stuff, really got to take it with a grain of salt. So how do you find out information about some of the key aspects? Is the restaurant any good? Do they have a bartender who knows how to make a drink? All right, now, there are ways to find this out. Now, obviously, if people have been there before, you it's a recommendation, fine. Maybe I can do that on the blog um, because I've been to some amazing hotels and I've kept them pretty well much to myself. But I could do like, uh, well, you know, this is my this is my favourite list of hotels sort of thing. I don't know. You guys tell me if you want me to do that and I can and I can give you recommendations of hotels that I've been to. So it's a direct recommendation from someone whose reputation you trust. Uh, and remember, uh, this would be, the hotels wouldn't be, uh, I'm not shilling for them, so I'm not getting anything back. So pff, I'm not asking for anything I don't care. So you can trust what I'm saying. Um other ways to look at it, look at it is is to go online to certain bartending websites, cocktail websites, that sort of thing, and they do have lists of good hotels and good restaurants and that sort of thing, and they, and they do rate bartenders and the bar staff. Um, and this can be important. Like even example, years ago, uh, it was the first vacation that my wife and I went on, so we'd only known each other for a couple of months. Well, maybe about three or four months by this stage. We went on our first vacation. Now, the first vacation is all the first holiday with a girl who you're, you're serious with is always a really, really, really good test. You only need like one night away or two nights away to work out whether or not um, she's going to be uh, any good for you. And what you're looking for is someone who's low maintenance, someone who's out there to enjoy the holiday as much as you. Um, what you're not looking for is someone who thinks that you're their personal servant on the holiday um, to fix any 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 whatever minor or major issue that they may have. Uh, and even if no issues come up, they'll create issues just to get you running around for them. This is really, really typical women behavior, by the way, um, I've found. And it's, that's why going on a, if you are serious about a girl, going away for a weekend is uh, two or three nights is an absolute, absolute must just to work out how easy she is to get along with in that situation. Um, get it, get her away from the environment that both of you have been in um, and get into an environment where maybe you have to drive, take a short plane flight, whatever. Just, just see how she reacts out of her comfort zone. Um, is she polite to hotel staff, restaurant staff? Is she, does she get along? Is she, is she personable? Is she pleasant? Um, is she making your life a living? Does she make your life a living hell while you're away? I mean, I had one girl once. Oh dear, oh dear, dear. I call her the windscreen girl because we hired a car and we're driving around. And I stopped to get fuel, gas, as you Americans say it. And um, 
And she was the whole time she sat in the car while I refueled it, which is fine. I've got no problem with that. My wife does that now. And I was fueling up and she started tapping on the windshield, tap, 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 and pointing at the windshield. And I'm looking at her going, what? What? And, she's, and she makes these motions for me that I have to clean the windshield. It's like, well, shit, I'm the one driving, but all right, fine, whatever. She could have got out of the car and cleaned the fucking windshield. Right. What, I'm fueling up the car at the time. There was nothing stopping her to get out of the car and clean. But no, tap, tap, tap on the window. Uh, imperious wave of, of the hand a la Queen Elizabeth II. So I get the, the squidgy window cleaner thing. I dip it in, I'm cleaning the window. Uh, clean, 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 clean. Wipe, 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 flick, flick. Go to put it back in, tap, tap, tap. Again. I look at the window and she just points and she points and she points up here and then she points down there. And she points there. I'm like, what are you pointing at? And she's, she's like, and I, 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 I open the door, the car door. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you pointing at? She goes, oh, there's a smudge there. There's a smudge there. There's a smudge there. You'll need to get those. She was like, what? And then I found myself walking over and picking up. I shit you not. I shit you not. I'm picking up the squidgy. And I'm going and I'm rubbing it. And now while I'm rubbing it, she's moving her hand from inside the car. And she's moving her hand to another. And I'm following her. And I'm following her. I must have I must have spent five minutes cleaning that fucking windshield. Five minutes cleaning that windshield. But I'm cleaning the windshield. I'm cleaning the windshield. And as I'm cleaning it, I'm like, well, this is all over. This ain't going anywhere. And sure enough finished those few days away and then it was like eh, 86th see you later um so yeah going on a holiday with a girl that you're considering being serious with is a very 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 good idea um so so anyway back to my story first holiday for me and the good wife before she was my wife and we went to uh, the Canary Islands, which are off Spain, in a place called Fuerteventura. Uh, I don't know what it's called in English. Forte. Maybe it's called the same thing. Anyway. Nice island. Good work. Windsurfing there, surfing. And we found this, this hotel that looked perfect for us. The rooms were amazing. The, the best. The best bathroom in a hotel that I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Big room too. Huge room. Um... And we get there and we, we discovered, because I hadn't, I'd done, a, I'd done a lot of homework. What I'd, well, to be fair to myself, what I'd done, I'd, I'd looked all over the island and, and basically Fort Aventura was full of resort style hotels. This was the least resort like resort hotel that I could find. So I said to the good wife, who was not my good wife at the time, but I'll still call her the good wife, even though at this time we were not married. As I've already said two or three times, so I'm not going to say it again. You can fucking work it out for yourselves. <gasps> As I said to the good wife, look, I think this hotel will be a great base, but I'm, I doubt that we want to hang around there all day. So what we'll do is when we're, we'll, we'll hire a car as well and we'll explore all around the area and we'll just use the hotel as base and breakfast. So we knew what we were getting into and it worked perfectly and it was exactly the right move to make because it was actually uh frequented by a lot of Ger- german tourists and what they what they would do is they'd get up at f- four o'clock in the morning 
and they'd go out and put a towel on a lounge chair around the pool. So they're basically, it's the new day, so they're, they're marking their ter- territory. It's now their pool lounge chair. And then they'd go back to bed, and they wouldn't get out of bed till 11 o'clock in the morning. And you'd, you'd get up. So the what? But we only went. We only stayed around the pool one day. We only did it once, and I think we were there ten days. And one day was was more than enough. And we got down there. We got down to the pool at ten o'clock, and there were just there was no one there. But almost every lounge chair was covered with a towel, and we were like looking around, going, "What the hell? What's going on here?" You know, I got talking to one of the management staff, and she was telling me, or telling us, what it was. And I, I just said to her, "Why do you allow this? I mean, why do you allow this behaviour? This is just..." But looking back on it, it was obvious that this was the Germans were their major source of income and they had to keep them happy. Now, the photos, the publicity photos, the advertising photos for this hotel showed, it had a really nice pool, by the way, showed someone sitting around the pool drinking what looked like a gin and tonic in a nice frosty glass. Now, I'm a sucker for a nice frosty gin and tonic around a pool. And they had a bar there by the pool. The first clue that the bar around the pool was not going to be a great idea was that it was the barman was an African. And when I say African, I mean like an African-African, like he'd probably been in, a, in Spain for three months, if that. If, for, look, if you've lived in Africa, you can tell. That's all I'm going to say. You just know. You just know just by looking. You just know. It's just the way... The way that they talk to you, the way that they move around. After a couple of years, they lose all that. This is just the way it is, I'm just telling you. So he's manning the bar in a very sneering-like manner. So I'm there for about an hour, I'm getting a bit thirsty. So I go over and I order a gin and tonic. And he brings it to me in a Pepsi paper cup. It's just just think about it. If that doesn't shock you, by the way, you'll need to ignore all my advice for going to restaurants or hotels because you're ob- obviously a primitive. So he's given me a gin and tonic in a paper cup, a Pepsi paper cup, something that you'd normally order a fucking Pepsi in for McDonald's. Now, this is not the drinking receptacle. This is not, ladies and gentlemen, the drinking receptacle that is acceptable. It is not an acceptable receptacle to drink a gin and tonic, let me tell you something. And I got into a big argument. I got into a big argument. Not with him. There's no point in getting it. He was like, ah, you drink, you drink. Like this. Because he's a fucking African. I get the management down. I'm like, what's this? Oh, we can't have glass around the pool. Well, number one, let's go onto your website right now and have a look at your publicity shots. And they're like, what, what? Come on, come on. And I frog-marched the bitch off to the office. I got on the bloody internet. And I got up their website. I found the photo and I just pointed at it. I went, what's that? And they're just looking at me with their mouths open. I said, that's false advertising. If you don't want to serve drinks in glass around the pool, which, from a safety point of view, I can understand, don't stick a fucking photo of you doing it on your website to advertise your product, you wankers. Number two, at the time, I owned and operated a bar, a nightclub in the Italian Alps. And we had a problem sometimes with people bouncing glasses off one another's heads. So what did we do? 
we've got this amazing plastic that looked like glass, that felt like glass when you held it, but wasn't glass. That was the second thing they could have done. So the point is, is that you can look at this stuff, you can look at the publicity shots that they get, you can read TripAdvisor from people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and you get there, and it's not what you thought it was going to be. But that's okay. In this particular case, in Fort Aventura, we just spent the one day in the actual hotel. The rest, we just went exploring, and we found about 5K down the road, this little beach, uh, and it was a huge beach, because there are gorgeous beaches there. Very wide. It must have been like from the where you park your car. It must have been 300 metres of pure white sand out to the ocean. And there was this little beach hut, and this guy, and he's a really fat guy. He was this fat, fat, fat Spanish guy. And he was always working so hard, there was sweat pouring down his forehead. And he always had knee-high white socks and shoes on as he's walking over the sand. Um, and he had this little bar there where he cooked food as well and he had fresh grilled octopus the best fresh grilled octopus i've ever had just fresh grilled octopus grilled right there and there and he's obviously got it that morning from the fishing boats lemon over it olive oil bit of salt uh some flecks of fresh chili and he'd have like really really cold beers with the sweat coming down the 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 necks of the long of the bottle spanish beers great oh, i'm just sitting here right now thinking to myself i need a spanish beer while i'm talking to you god damn and it was just brilliant and that became one of our lunch places and we had a couple of dinner places we went exploring around and some of them were great and some of them a bit hit and miss but that was cool because i'd already by all the homework that i'd done i'd already identified that was the best we were going to make out of this situation so the holiday worked perfectly and of course the good wife was very low maintenance, extremely low maintenance, and of course that led me to, you know, continue our association as such. Point is, is that you've got to do your homework on this stuff. You've really, really, really got to check shit out. Um, the one time I haven't done my homework on a hotel, and I left actually left other people to pick a hotel for us. Well, they gave us they gave us a choice hotels. It was a gift, and and I just trust I just trusted this person and knew what they were doing. And I went, oh yeah, go with that one. That looks fine. A total a disaster. I mean, a disaster. I don't want to speak about it too much because obviously it was people were giving us a gift, and they, you know, I don't want to come across. But you've got to do your homework on this shit. And the more work you put in, uh, the better a chance that your hotel is going to be good because there's nothing worse there's absolutely nothing worse especially if it's your holiday let's say you get two weeks holiday a year we go away in a hotel and that's the only time you get just those two weeks and you get to your hotel and it's it's terrible it's it's a complete disappointment the room's awful or the food's bad or the drinks are bad or the other guests are abominable or pools full of screaming children and you you know you've paid your money um and you gotta stay there um or you don't i've i've i actually have had the experience where we paid for a hotel turned up and it was abominable and four days later we walked out and walked down the road and found another one that was exactly what we should have found in the first place and wrote the other one off just walked out um 
So you, you really you really do have to put the effort in. Uh, there are a few good sites, websites, and I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll link them uh, on my blog. Um, the sites I use are Small Luxury Hotels of the World. Um, that's my go-to site because it's it has some really good bargains. They do sales, periodic sales as well. So, and look, this might be out of your price range. If it's out of your price range, I get it. I mean, look, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have been looking for hotels in this price range. What's the price range I'm talking talking about? For a, a holiday hotel, not a bed for the night. Okay, for a bed for the night, I'll try to get it as basic and cheap as I can do it. But for a, a hotel where uh, the room almost becomes your oasis, it's a, a place where you can spend time in. And we, we recently did a, a holiday in Thailand where we had a, uh, a room, well, it had, it was almost like a mini, mini villa with the bedroom and the outdoor shower that had our own little private swimming pool all behind this big wall. This was in the hotel. Uh, another, uh, like a living room, which was a separate structure. And I mean, we spent a lot of time in there. Look, if I can get away with $300 a night, this sort of thing. That's that's what I'm going to go for. Um, I I'm if I have to. Let's see. Um, well, this one that we're doing in the Alps, seven nights, um, breakfast included, a la carte breakfast, uh, five course dinner every night in the Michelin restaurant included, alcohol's not included. Uh, entry to the spa the whole time we're there. A seven-day ski pass on a very expensive ski slope, uh, and this is for two people uh, in their top suite. So the top suite in the hotel. Um, we're getting this for around three hundred a night, just over three hundred a night for all of that. Now that's that's what I call a bargain. Absolute a bargain. You, you might not think it's a bargain, but you haven't seen this fucking hotel, so it's definitely a bargain, uh, and definitely a bargain for the area where we're going to be. So look, I'll, uh, small luxury hotels the world. I'll link to that. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, occasionally, I use that one, but I tend to find that the hotels that are on Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith just seem to be that little bit more overpriced. What I often do too is. Is let's say I go into small luxury hotels of the world and I find a hotel that I really love. Um, I'll check out their price and then I'll contact the hotel directly because the hotel prefers it. The hotels have already sold these rooms to these other websites. So all the websites like Booking.com and small luxury hotels and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Expedia, blah, 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 they've already bought the rooms off the hotel. So then they try and flog them for what they can get for them. So, but they've bought them at a, at a reduced rate in bulk. So they buy bulk amount of rooms and then they try and sell them off for what they can get for it. So their margins are thin. Um, so the, the hotels have already sold that those rooms. So if you if you're looking at uh, a hotel, uh, and this also might be that it's the hotel's not available. Let's say you go onto small luxury hotels and you put in the first the second week of January. Let's say the dates, whatever, seven nights, and it says not available. Well, it's not available through small luxury hotels because they don't, they've, they've already sold the rooms they already bought. But what about the hotel directly? Uh, so I, I always contact the hotel directly um, and just say, look, uh, I'm looking at this website. The website's offering us this deal for this time. 
can you better that? Can you do? Can you do anything better? And you'd be surprised how often they'll they'll jump to that. Uh, it it actually probably works out a good percentage of the time, um, especially if it's a quieter part of the year. If it's a if it's a high season time of the year, they'll be laughing at you. But if it's a quieter time of the year, and it's quieter time of the year is the time of year you want to be there. Like January uh, up in the Alps, um, the week. So we're doing the seventh to the fourteenth. Um, this is one of the quietest weeks because they've just finished their really busy period of, of Christmas and New Year and the they have a holidays go up to the 6th, I think it is, or the 5th, and then everyone's back to work. So this week, the first week after everyone goes back to work, uh, and basically the second, third, most of January in the Alps is dead as dog shit. It's the absolute best time to be there. This is low, low, low season. Um by mid-February, you're going straight back into high season again, and, and late February, March, is, early March is absolutely packed out. So I always try and go uh, in the low seasons for this sort of stuff uh, and then try and work out what sort of deal I'm going to get. Also remember, I mean, the type of holidays that I have now, don't forget that I I worked as a rafting guide for 15 years. I worked as a sea kayaking guide. Um, so I spent a lot of time in tents. I spent a lot of time not in a tent because I couldn't get a tent because... We didn't bring enough tents, so there weren't tents for the guides. The clients got the tents. You'd be surprised how many times that happened. Um, so I was sleeping out under the stars. Um, I grew up camping every weekend where we went away kayaking on camping expeditions. Like literally every weekend the whole year was camping, kayaking, camping, kayaking for five, six, seven, eight years. Um, so I've had my fill of roughing it. Um, and I got paid to rough it for a long time, and I got paid to rough it in some of the most beautiful parts of the world. Well, I've done all that, and now when I go away, what I'm looking for is inspiration in in culture and refinement. That's what I look for in a holiday. Um, and so I think I just really appreciate the effort that goes into great cuisine, for instance, or great wines, um, a great hotel and the architecture and the service, the ambience, um, art, history, um, great music, all of these things inspire me to do my job better and to inspire me to think of different things that I can do with my writing. Um, so we're going to be spending uh, three weeks in Europe, only a week skiing, and then we're going to a, some of our favourite cities. Uh, around Europe um, so by the way podcasting this one's a little bit late um, because of the whole Christmas um, shenanigans I just didn't get a chance to sit down um, and I'll do one next week which I'll upload on Wednesday so you get one about three or four days after this and then you're not going to get any podcasts for about two three weeks um, because of the fact that I'm away and I can't record, or I, I, I can't, I can't record and I can't upload. So uh, uh, I am taking a computer with me, but um, I don't have the stuff on that computer to be able to do what I'm doing now, and I don't have one of those internet phones because I refuse because I'm a luddite. So yeah, we'll we'll skip three weeks of the podcast, and my apologies for that for those of you who desperately need to hear the dulcet tones of Adam. Um, so look, back to hotels. You're looking for a barman who can make a drink. 
Uh, and if the if the hotel's got like a Instagram account uh, or a Twitter account, they put up sh- shots uh, occasionally of the drinks that they're serving, um, and the ambiance that they're creating with the bars and the hotel. Uh, for me, it's really important to be able to go to a great bar and maybe they've got a, an amazing selection of rums that I can try out while I'm on holiday. And I've discovered some of my favourite spirits that way where plantation, let's take plantation rum. I discovered that when I was on holiday and now I have bottles of the stuff. Um, so I want to discover things on a holiday. I want to find out new things. And I want to go to a hotel where the owners of the hotel, the manager of the, ho- of the hotel, um, are the same type of people like me who get inspired by different things, who get inspired maybe by their guests and their guest reactions to um, the amazing things that are on offer for them. Uh, and that doesn't have to mean expensive tours. I'm not talking about tours. I don't do tours. I never go on organised tours. I'm allergic to an organised tour. Um, but it just means how you've created the menu, how you set up your dining room, how you've set up the lounge uh, where you're having a drink. Uh, do you have a cigar room? Do you have a selection of cigars there? Do the staff know how to cut them properly and present them? Um, do you have like a nice balcony in the Alps, which they do, where you can go and smoke a cigar overlooking the peaks there after your meal in the evening, uh, maybe in a full moon? That's the other thing we're going to do. We're going to do a, a full moon, um, hopefully, uh, depending on the weather, a full moon uh, ski snowboard. So what we do is we get the last lift up in the afternoon at 4.30 up to the top of the mountain, just under 3,000 metres. Um, and up there there's a, a, a refuge and like a hotel sort of thing. Um, and they have a restaurant there and, and we be there with a whole bunch of people, about 30 or 40 people that we know. And because um, we know we stay in this area a lot. And um, we'll eat up there and we'll, we'll eat there, have a huge dinner and get on the piss until about 11, 11.30 midnight time. Then we'll come back and it's a full moon. So um, obviously all the whole ski resorts turned off. It's all shut down. And hopefully the groomers have finished doing their grooming because you don't want to run into one of them as I've done once before. Uh, and the the moonlight reflects off the, the snow on the ski pist. And you can see... You can see really, really well. I've done I've done uh, midnight ski runs down from the top, full of grappa and other alcohol and cognac, um, when it's been really good powder. When it's had a fresh, a fresh dump of snow, and we've we've gone off pissed through the trees in the middle of the night, um, and it's really weird because the illumination, it's not daylight, obviously, um, but you can see really, 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 really well. Uh, especially with ski goggles on. It's just the way that the light reflects, the sunlight, the moonlight, sorry, coming down and reflecting off the snow and it just, um, it creates a perfect atmosphere and it's eerie. Uh, and what you do, we, we, we leave the refuge and we come down the first on the ski piss and it kind of comes down to the, the top part before it drops down and everyone just sits down there in the, in the middle of the piss and we just, sorry, I just bumped the microphone, uh, and we just look and we just look all over um, we've got the whole of the Alps there at night under under a full moon stretching out around you with all the white peaks and all the valleys you can see and all uh, the little lights and the little villages in the distance and it's I've done it when it's minus 19 minus 20 21 degrees 
um, but it's it's just not cold because it's so full of alcohol and it's just such an amazing amazing feeling and then you just ski down down to the hotel so we're gonna do one of those when we're over there um, I will be taking a laptop with me so I'm gonna keep the blog going as much as I can while I'm over there but like I said I won't have the podcast um, going at this point all right shout outs um, Captain Capitalism is Aaron Cleary Aaron Cleary is Captain Capitalism Captain Capitalism is asshole consulting if you have an issue let's let's check out Aaron's YouTube channel here see what videos he's uploaded so these are the requests he's done and these requests typically cost around 40 50 60 bucks so these are people who have sent in a request into Aaron a request IT people are just better than finance people okay uh, request tri trial running a business and basically what Aaron's going to do is tell you he they'll send an email with with what their their uh, their issue is and he's just given this as a as a title uh, request hard for quality men to find quality women I'm actually gonna watch that one I'm interested to see what this one will be about uh, request all colleges are equally shitty <laughs> probably uh, request you're too smart to be a teacher a request um, isn't marriage just prostitution it's interesting one. <laughs> um, uh, request dashing my sister's dreams of becoming a lawyer um, request a hundred grand or my girlfriend sounds, sounds pretty easy to me <laughs> I, I just, that's the, that one's that one's 10 minutes and 29 seconds long and I reckon he could have done that in 29 seconds just from reading the title I mean, this is gonna be so obvious it's not funny um, so look if you've got a uh, um, something that uh, that you need help with and you want an asshole to tell you how it is not how you'd like it to be drop Aaron Clary uh, buzz and you can find his website at captaincapitalism.com it's also on the sidebar of my blog at my blog you can find links to my two books pushing rubber downhill which is a journey to manhood via whitewater adventures where I tell the story of how a young wet behind the ears know nothing uh, dude which was me um, became a man by traveling around the world learning to be a whitewater rafting guide went to Australia and Canada and Uganda Italy bunch of other places and uh, it's it's just showing how I did it how I got to A to B when I didn't know what B was because you never know what the end game is so that's what that's about so it's not telling you how to do it it's showing you that it can be done giving you a bit of inspiration to get out there and do it uh, my second book came out this year a few months ago run guts pull cones a rafting adventure in the Italian Alps and this is more of a fun book uh, but it's also it's about a rafting season up that I did in Italy uh, and the guys that I did it with who are still friends to this day um, and gonna catch up with a bunch of them in Europe and um, but also the dynamic that men have in such a masculine job masculine environment and what happens when women intrude on that uh, and how you deal with uh, the situations that arise which are really typical but it's, it's quite a, it's a people have been telling me it's a very funny book which I'm happy about um, so those are my two books you can check those out at my website um, look have a great new year guys um, and 
this has been the first well, I've been doing this podcast for six months. It's going along okay. Um, I'm getting I'm getting regular messages every week from people, just you know, emailing me and telling me how much they liked it or leaving comments on the blog, and and um, I'm happy about that. So uh, look, thanks for listening to me this year. I've really appreciated it. Um, I hope you've got something out of it. Uh, we'll call this the hotel episode. And um, he's looking forward to, you know, next year, seeing what it brings. 2016's been a bit of fun. Um, and uh, you stay safe on New Year's Eve. Stay away from crowds. Stay away from crowds. This is Adam Pickett signing off until next week. Until a few days. You be good. Bye-bye.